Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hey everybody, today on Wade for Wireless, I have a special interview with Art King of SpiderCloud and we talk specifically about the CBRS, which is pretty exciting, right? The Citizens Broadband Radio Service, which is 3.5 gigahertz here in the United States and it's very exciting because it's a smaller LTE system can be built now, something outside of the carrier's domination of spectrum. So we actually have broadband spectrum that's going to be released to more than just carriers. Don't get me wrong, the carriers still have their hands in it. They're still going to get a big chunk of it. But now we can see some true innovation by smaller, let's say, companies in the enterprise, very specific use cases. To me, it's very exciting. It's going to open up new doors. Now, this interview was taken before... The announcement that Corning was going to take over SpiderCloud. So I don't ask any questions about that. If you're looking for information about that, I have links in there. But unfortunately, I don't have much more. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I really would have taken the time to. Uh, uh, well, I wish I would have known a little more about it. But I have a few questions in there about the CBRS, which is what I want to concentrate on. Because to me, this is the technology that's going to change the way business is done here in the U.S. in a good way. Now, the questions I ask, which which you can see on the blog, but what I'm really trying to understand is what CBRS use cases there are. So I ask simple questions like, do you ever wonder about enterprise small cells and their applications? What is the CBRS? How does the CBRS work? How does spectrum allocation, the licenses work? How is the spectrum managed? These are all things that we want to know. And I do I do get answers to a majority of those. Art just does an outstanding job explaining it. So it's very exciting. The carriers are interested. There is a CBRS alliance, but I'm wasting your time. I just want to thank my sponsors, Tower Tracker Pro, TowerTrackerPro.com. What it specifically is, is a closeout package. So when you're doing tower work or small cell work or anything, you have a software as a service that will walk you through the closeout packages to ensure that you have all the steps, all the information, and all the pictures you need documented and perfect. And you can upload it to the cloud so someone at the office can verify everything is correct before the crew leaves the site. After all, one visit, one closeout, done. That's the goal. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction. That's right, Tower Safety and Instruction, towersafety.com. And they basically provide tower training, drone training, safety training, first aid training, Red Cross training. Anything you need is what they provide for the tower industry. Tower Safety and Rescue, one site. You come to them. They have a school. They are an accredited school in the state of Arizona. And now they have an online school, which is at TelltechCollege.com, T-E-L-T-E-C-H hyphen college.com. And actually there they have the online drone course. They have online safety courses and much more. Deployment courses, books, training material, things that you need. T-E-L-T-E-C-H hyphen college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E.com. All right. Now, without waiting any longer, here's Art. So, hey, Art, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could make it. And uh, as usual, the legendary Art King of Spider Cloud is on the show once again to tell us how great small cells are in the enterprise. <laughs> Does that sound accurate, Art? <laughs> is that a good intro? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, I, like I said, you know, I uh, everyone listening, just so you know, I've been trying to get reach out to Art because I'm really interested in CBRS. The only thing is, for me, it's somewhat confusing as to who can use it and who can't, and that that's really a question I have. And a lot of a lot of people that that uh, write to me, email me. Nobody writes anymore, but a lot of people that email me uh, constantly ask questions about not necessarily the CBRS, but how it's going to be used by not only the carriers, but how enterprise is really going to have an opportunity to use it here. And Art, I wondered, is that something you can help us with? Because I know you're doing a lot of cool things with CBRS, so I'll just turn it over to you. Great, Wade. Yeah, um, you know, we we could take the conversation from 
kind of an intro to CBRS as far as what it is at a high level and, um, you know, just kind of walk through a number of use cases and, uh, you know, different potential owners. So it's, um, I, I think, first of all, CBRS is a, uh, a grand experiment in, uh, in what's called shared spectrum, where you're going to get a, a chunk of spectrum allocated. In our case, it's um, 3.55 gigahertz to 3.7 gigahertz, uh, about uh, 150 megahertz of spectrum that is um, non-exclusive use. It's not sold to a particular service provider or carrier. It's available to um, uh, both uh, the incumbents and the, the a, some priority access licenses and also uh, GAA. And kind of... While we talk about this as, as an experiment, it's, it's an experiment because outside the United States, there's a lot of people watching what's going on here, um, and and our learnings to take this uh, take this um, uh, take this technology around the world as far as uh, the shared access, and and that's that's because it it's very similar to um, Wi-Fi where you've got uh, some uh, power level caps, but you're going to have a lot of reusable spectrum where the spectrum can be reused over and over and over again by different constituents in different places and um, it, it will allow a lot of uh, applications to emerge that have never uh, been possible before for either uh, financial or business reasons. Does that kind of make sense? To me it makes a lot of sense and just to interject I am so excited and I'll, uh, because just for what you said I think this is going to drive innovation. And by that, let me just go on. The carriers have innovated a lot. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. They've done a lot of cool things, neat things. But now you have people outside of the carrier space that really have a chance to innovate on something that is, I'm going to say it this way, I know it's shared spectrum, but really they're going to have their dedicated spectrum to work with, meaning it's not where they're testing on Wi-Fi. Now, why, there's been a lot of innovation on Wi-Fi. I mean, pay Wi-Fi at students. There's been a ton of innovation. It's amazing how far people have pushed it. And it's been, what, 15, 20 years. It's incredible how far Wi-Fi has come. A license-free and all that. But now we're going to see what people can do on a private spectrum. Even though someone can pop up there, but they can just shift to another channel. At least that's the way I see it. You know, they can, in theory, um, it should be lightly licensed if it's done properly. But to me, it's very exciting. I think we're going to see innovation within enterprise. I didn't think of banking, per se, but let's say banking and healthcare and places like that where privacy really matters. Now, am I in left field, or is that am I, uh, am I on the right track? You, you're absolutely on the right track. So, so you know, in, 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 in the Wi-Fi world, there's um, there's thinking that, you know, Wi-Fi does it all. And the people that are asking us for LTE are people that have tried to do it all on Wi-Fi, and, and, and it hasn't happened for, you know, whatever the reason is. And, you know, there, there's thinking that in the future that, that a lot of the things that are being added to Wi-Fi, like scheduled Macs and those types of things, may eventually converge, uh, you know, LTE and, and Wi-Fi into the almost the same kind of physical layer. But in order to not break backwards compatibility, um, you really end up having LTE and 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 uh, and Wi-Fi operating separately for a much longer period of time because of the uh, very long tail of technology out there. I mean, you know, billions of, of Wi-Fi radios. You you can't you can't cut off those those guys with uh, by by doing a new technology that isn't backwards compatible with them. So, you know, for the for the time being, you know, two two separate waveforms makes makes a lot more sense. And the the other thing that's exciting is you're not starting from a a, a new kind of a new ecosystem uh, introduction and going through a maturing process. Um, what you're getting with the potential to do private LTE is you have instantaneous access to a global ecosystem of, of technology providers, uh, technology, handsets, radios, um, uh, uh, in, installation people and system integrators. That whole ecosystem that scales up to hundreds of millions of people on one mobile network 
is now available to you know a, a podunk hospital or or uh, or uh, you know oil drilling platform or enterprise office building that um, that you know is bulletproof and you know that if installed correctly um, it'll 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 do an amazing job because it's it's you know combat proven out there you know in in the mobile operators networks so that whole mature innovation uh, ecosystem that already exists today as far as infrastructure can can be immediately available for uh for the uh you know common enterprise. Wow. So there really is a lot of opportunity here and um it's really going to open up new doors for companies and for for companies that had to rely on a carrier to do something and also for the carriers the way I see it they don't want to deal with these uh let's say smaller offices anymore. Um, or maybe they, I shouldn't say that, that's wrong. Not that they don't want to deal with it. But let's say they don't want to invest the time and money into an enterprise that has maybe 30 to 50 employees because they, uh, the carrier may not see uh, payback on that. Now, the enterprise, whatever it is, has an opportunity to do something on their own without waiting, 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 or trying to get an answer, even trying to reach out to these guys. Here they have an opportunity to build a private LTE network. Is that accurate? Well, yeah, but it, uh, to do your, your own private LTE network and have it integrate into the public network, um, how how that happens, I, I don't know if, if that's completely well defined yet. You know what what a roaming agreement would look like, though. Okay. You know those types of issues. So, so you know, I, I kind of think about private LTE and extending the public networks as uh, two separate things. And there's work being done on neutral host where you can essentially roam onto an enterprise network. Um, but what what the what the what the bargain is between the between the um, enterprise and the service provider, and what the what the issues are around e nine one one, the financial transaction, anything like that, um, is kind of is still a little bit murky at this point in time. So. You know, a lot of the people that we see that are interested in doing um, an extension of a service provider network in, they're they're much more interested in basically installing in a way that's compliant with the operator standards as far as uh, you know throughput at the cell edge and coverage and capacity, such that um, the operator will will be uh, happy to advertise their PLMN. Um, on that particular network, and of course, that means that the the employees and uh, of the enterprise need to have mobile devices that support CBRS, um, and so so it can see that PLMN. So it's um you know the the mobile devices will you know catch up over the next few years as far as becoming available. That's what I was going to ask you. What the timeline was for mobile devices to carry this spectrum in it? Uh, that's something I was interested in. Well, the, the the beauty of of CBRS um, is if you if you take one step back, CBRS itself is a leasing mechanism to dynamically be allocated a piece of spectrum based on your latitude, longitude, altitude, and um, you know you you end up you know requesting a piece of spectrum, but the radios themselves are standard off the shelf 3.5 gigahertz TDLTE and TD, and that and that technology and and those in that particular piece of spectrum is already shipping in Japan so it's really um uh the North American handset builds need to eventually incorporate these radios so this isn't a launching rockets to the moon type of uh of event for Apple or Samsung it's just adding another LTE radio so it's very much um uh it's not going to be a super complex exercise it might be a real estate trade off discussion about what radio do i take out to add this in but it's not something new like a whole new type of lte that's awesome i was wondering about that how they were going to do that so the chips that wouldn't be a big deal for the device now let's step back where you were heading in the beginning and i totally rerouted you down this rabbit hole but 
So for a <laughs> private network, yeah, I did. I sort of pulled you away. But but everyone's question is around the carriers. Everyone's like, well, the carriers do this. That's sort of why I want to knock that out first. Now, for if let's say healthcare, banking, let's say for a specific purpose, let's say an IoT purpose in in, in something. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with a a use case, a, a purpose inside that particular office where somebody could get their own devices, put them in their own equipment, what, uh, like like if, let's say it's manufacturing and they have like 30 pieces of equipment they want on a private network because Wi-Fi is not cutting it or, you know, everybody has Wi-Fi in their phone and it creates problems. Is that a use case that you can see for a private network? Uh, yes, yes, those are use cases that, that we're being asked about right now. So, that's, um, uh, do you have any, any examples you can talk about or not? Uh, well, yeah. Um, so we, we have uh, uh, medical institutions that have uh, they have a need for uh, high performance access. They want it to be deterministic. Uh, they want the fair sharing of LTE so that they can load the network up. Um, and they've done the prototype testing that, that satisfies their needs um, against an operator's core, but they can't take it live because, from a regulatory perspective, they don't want their data to to from the from the tablets uh, to be looping through the uh, mobile core. So what they really want is they want to keep the data on on site for performance reasons and also for uh, for uh, privacy reasons. So the idea of, of doing LTE tablets inside the building, um, and you know, ha have the uh, essentially have like a small you know local mobile core of some kind, or even a cloud-based core, to control signaling, uh, but keep all the kind of the bearers and the bearer traffic you know in in the building uh, between the enterprise data center and uh, and the, and, the, and the device itself. So you actually could provide a solution HIPAA compliance. That, that's HIPAA compliant for a hospital or a medical center or a surgery center or anything like that using this spectrum? Yeah, potentially, potentially. I, you know, it, the, the reality of HIPAA compliance, it's a, it's a much larger equation, but um, a lot of the things that, uh, that, that you do with, with, uh, with, with, with security are kind of automatic and built in uh, to um, uh, to LTE, you know, the the just just adding a a, a block of uh, of MZs or adding a, a a kind of a new SIM uh, each time you enable device to the to to your own local core, uh, and the over the air encryption is is already kind of uh, baked into uh, LTE just as part of the protocol. And so it's 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 um there's there's a lot of things that um that you have to like craft yourself when you when you're building a network from scratch that tends to you know come with LTE. That's cool. So as far as Spider Cloud goes, do you? Um, I know you've done a lot of testing with CBRS. And sorry, I got to close my door. It squeaked. I didn't expect it to squeak. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I try to be so quiet. I forgot to close my door. But anyway, um, so as far as Spider Cloud goes, I know you're working a lot with CVRS. What experiments, what testing have you done so far in in this spectrum? Well, you know, we've we've done the uh, the IoT testing uh, with uh, with uh, the Federated Wireless and, and their um, their SaaS platform. So I, I don't think we we quite delved into what. The CBRS spectrum is, um, but yeah. Uh, should you know, we get into that now, or do you want to wait? No, let's 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 touch on that real quick. So okay. within within the CBRS spectrum, there's three tiers of, uh, of, uh, of of kind of stratification. There's the incumbents, which is um, naval radar, uh, fixed satellite service, and wireless ISPs. Um, and, and you'll find with naval radar that uh, there's kind of um, uh, confusion about what it is and what it means. So, you know, in I think 20 places in the U.S. Uh, where 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 you have the ports, um, the the there's a naval radar that operates for for aircraft carrier uh, uh, essentially guiding in aircraft that are landing. And the good news is is 
um, is it its spectrum spectrum width when it transmits is only 1.6 megahertz. So it's uh, it's uh, not it's not uh, it's not uh, hugely disruptive to the whole band. So the band is 150 megahertz wide for CBRS. So the naval radar, um, you know, will transmit on a 10 megahertz breakpoint, and you know, it's it has the potential to to essentially push people off of a couple channels. So the CBRS infrastructure is composed of this, what's called the SAS, a spectrum access system, which leases you spectrum and also a subsystem called the environmental sensing capability. And the environmental sensor um, is, is deployed and actually listens for interference and listens for ships and those types of things and will, will, will tell people that are resident in those particular channels in, in, in an area that I, I sense an aircraft carrier transmitting now and you know you have to stop transmitting on this channel and move somewhere else. So the so the the cloud-based SaaS platform and its sensing capability does does kind of dynamic work to both allocate the spectrum to people, but also protect it for the incumbents and move people out of uh, slots that they've been allocated to um, when they might interfere with one of the incumbents. So does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does yeah, make sense, but. When when you license, so how does licensing work? I mean, do you pull a specific piece of the spectrum, or do you get one of three options, or how does that work? So the, you know, there's um, 150 megahertz, and, there, and it's 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 cut up into 10 megahertz slots. Um, there's there's PAL parity access licenses, which are licensed in um, uh, census tracts. And those are those are anticipated to be to be uh, auctioned to uh, service providers because a census tract is a block of uh, five thousand people, where uh, in in Manhattan that might be one square block, and in Wyoming that might be um, you know fifty square miles. So yeah. so the, so so it's auctioned by census tract, and then there's the in in the in those. The, the rules for that are still kind of reforming because with the change in administration, um, there's been some revisiting of the of the uh, duration of the licenses and how they're going to happen uh, in that spectrum. And you know, if if you look in the trade press, you can see that T-Mobile and others have been suggesting changes to how PAL might work to provide, I think, better investment protection uh, and, and, you know, and more efficient renewal processes and that type of thing for, for the uh, service providers. And at, 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 the, at the bottom tier is what's called generally authorized access. And that, that literally is a way that a new piece of equipment um, a piece of equipment has, has, has a CBSD in it. It's a, a citizens broadband as I think a service device that uh, it, re, it it's a it's a piece of software in in the radio that actually goes out and requests uh, a channel assignment from the uh, from the SAS platform and. It, so, so it's very similar to like in Wi-Fi. So in Wi-Fi, you've got what's called DHCP, where you walk into a building and you get on Wi-Fi, and you're you're dynamically allocated a a, a unique IP address for the duration of the time you're in that building. And um, this is a very analogous method that that Spectrum is allocated to to the actual infrastructure radios. And um, uh, the, uh, the, the you know what the what the business model is kind of behind the SaaS providers um, uh, is isn't real clear yet. But the, there's going to be a number of competing SaaS platforms out there that you'll be able to point your radios at to to essentially uh, lease uh, lease spectrum from the from, from from the cloud. Wow, I think that's so cool. I mean, it's such a new concept. It, it, it's so different than, say, the, back when WiMAX got it. You know, you got your spectrum, that was it. But now it's smart. <laughs> you know, it's really smart the way that it it decides where to go and how to how to choose the spectrum. Well, what it, what it is is um, it's a trade off. So instead of selling spectrum to one person and and requiring requiring them to pony up all the capital to light all that spectrum across the country. But leave a lot of dark spots because of of lack of demand or um, 
no business case for doing it in that area or, you know, insert issue here. Um, it's a way to take that spectrum and say, you know, you're going to radiate it at, at one watt and, um, you know, you're going to be allocated a temporary license for, you know, one, one watt, uh, you know, in so 200 feet in all directions from, you know, whatever your longitude and latitude is. So it's really, um, it's a way to have a ton of spectral reuse. Uh, again, very similar to what Wi-Fi does as far as, um, you know, being able to, to punch out a lot of uncoordinated radios on spectrum all across the, you know, all across the planet in five gigahertz and, um, you know, have a lot of kind of business success. Wow. Very exciting. I can't believe it. I mean, it, it's just such a, to me, it's, it's, I didn't even understand the way it worked because I knew federated wireless, I, I know you're working with them on IoT, but aren't they actually building the management system that's going to uh, manage the spectrum out on the cloud for uh, basically who gets what and how it's, ma and how each device manages it? Is that right? Or am I totally in left field? Oh no, no, I I I got you. See, IoT can mean interoperability testing, which is what I meant, or inter, inter, Internet of Things. So within cellular, we're using IoT for two different uh, oh. purposes now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And you know what's funny? So, I I go through the same thing. She meant interoperability testing. <laughs> That's what yes, I should have yes, thought of. Yes, that yes, makes I sense. Did. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but but it's just fascinating that the spectra that it works that way. You know what I mean? I mean that's a totally new concept. I'm impressed that the FCC was willing to try it. And I'm impressed did Federated Wireless come up with that solution? I mean it it seems like they were at the forefront of, of that of deciding not decide, they didn't decide, I guess the FCC did. But in presenting that particular solution, or was that a team effort, or do you know anything about the background of that, how it came about? Um, I, I've I've seen Nokia experiments from a couple of years ago, driven by the EU for I think it was called the license share, license shared access, I believe. So the the Nokia did some work, and and I know that uh, Google's been in the middle of this quite a bit because you know Google's always pushing to. Um, uh, you know, up connectivity and, uh, you know, uh, up services and, and, and kind of providing kind of a disruptive force in there. So I know that Nokia and I think uh, the EU and, and Brussels along with uh, Google have been quite influential in it. And I, I don't have the, you know, the, the, you do complete historical perspective of, of its origins, but um, it's been an idea that's been baking for for quite a long time. This isn't just a kind of a, you know, instantaneous um, thing that emerged within just the last year. It's been, it's been baking for quite a while. I, I got a dumb question. How does Federated Wireless make money off that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems like a great service. I mean, do they, uh, you, you know what I'm asking? Does that make sense? Is there a business model there? Of course there is. <laughs> Could you explain it to me? Because I'm a little slow. <laughs> I, I I I don't know what Federated's business model is, so I, I can't talk to that. But I can tell you that there's the gigantic global do, do, domain name service, a DNS that, that spans the planet for Internet name resolution IP address. Yeah. And um, there's there's many 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 registrars that make money registering domain names and pushing them to those common global uh, DNS servers. So. I would I, I would say it has a comparable business model to maybe how uh, the DNS registrars uh, operate, where you know you you can have your IP address uh, or your your domain name hosted here or hosted there, and um, you know it's kind of a uh, competitive uh, market. That's interesting. I see now. That makes sense to me. I mean, has a good actually a good analogy. Um, yeah, that's, far, that's 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 the best way I can you know th think of you know what the market might look like is because uh, you know you have one common back end that spans you know that would span the United States for CBRS. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. When when you see the um, the, the the spectrum and the the way it plays out, obviously the carriers are going to get their priority access, right? They're going to be the pals. 
I mean, I, I, maybe other people will, but uh, and and currently it's three years, I believe. You can hold and you can renew once. Is that how it is? Is that how the license? I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but um, the, the, well, that that was that was the original uh, proposed uh, uh, rules, and the, those are the things that are in flux right now with the change in the uh, FCC and Ajit Pai moving into the chairmanship. And you know some of the uh, you know in, in, inbound suggestions for something that's a little bit more uh, business friendly from a uh, uh, kind of almost like uh, fiscal risk management protection. That's kind of that's kind of what I what I see as the rationale driving some of the rethinking of it uh, was just risk management because you know if if you if you're able to lease for three years. Um, I'm not sure you can get ROI on your equipment, and um, I think that there were people worried that if they if they could only get three years, um, they, it would maybe disincent them to invest in it just because it's uh, they if they lost the spectrum after that three years, you know how do you get cost recovery on uh, on on this on the equipment that you've invested in? So it, I, I think that's kind of um, why that's in flux right now. Oh, that makes sense. I understand that. So outside of the carriers for the rest of the spectrum, who would own it? I mean, everyone would lightly license that their particular share. Is that how it would work? I mean, is that how you see it playing out? Yeah, you 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 would literally, you know, install in an office building and um uh you'd probably do a traditional installation with a uh uh, you know, predictive modeling like an IB wave to uh, get your get your cells in the right place and and that kind of thing, so that you know handover worked correctly and you know you were supporting true mobility. But um, you know the 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 CBRS platform would would you know grant you uh, you know a license uh, or, or grant you spectrum to use for you know for that building. Interesting. That, that's sort of what I figured. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Art. No, I was just to say that in the building next door would talk to the SaaS platform and get a different piece piece of spectrum. Okay. Do you see any of this being used outdoors, like in a very limited area? Yes. Oh, you do. Like, like, uh, would it be similar to a Wi-Fi play? You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, when you you roll out, you know how Wi-Fi. The cable companies, when they roll out Wi-Fi, granted they do these, you know, they have strand mounts everywhere through the city, and they put it in, in parks and areas where people congregate. Do you see a model similar to the Wi-Fi model? Yeah, if you uh, if you look in the Cisco service provider blog um, from right before uh, 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 Cisco Live here in June, You'll you'll see that they they're showing a, a product that we we built with them that's a bolt-on to the side of a outdoor Wi-Fi strand mount AP. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. So 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 yes, we're we're going outdoors, and um, it's a it's a great um, uh, underlay network because it's not running in the same spectrum as the macro, so you uh, you don't have to be concerned about running in in the same spectrum as a macro and a lot of the heavy duty engineering issues at the RF level that that really requires so you know running it's 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 the same reason that there's a lot of interest in it for the by the service providers as a straight um you know dedicated ran for indoors because you're you're handing in to to spectrum that doesn't that doesn't have to be coordinated with the macro spectrum, and um, it it's uh, you know from from an engineering perspective you know when you design buildings right now for small cells that are operating co-channel with the macro, you actually have to take macro measurements and you know and figure out what kind of signal you need in in house to dominate the macro so that the the mobiles stay on the small cell network in the building, and um, when you're doing CBRS, you take that whole problem space off the table because you hand into a completely different piece of spectrum when you enter the building, and you hand out back to the macro network when you leave the building, and um, there is just two different pieces of spectrum completely. That's pretty awesome. Hey, you just said something that that, that caught my ear. 
You said, is Fighter Cloud going to make an outdoor unit? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe it. This is amazing. <laughs> because you guys were all indoors before. Am I, am I in left field here? You guys you guys were all indoors, and now you're making a unit that's going to work outside. That 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 is awesome. Well, it's it's you know there's a, there's a picture of it in the Cisco blog. Yeah, I was I was digging for it, so I might have to get you to send me the link so I can put it in the, in the, in my blog. Hey, okay. So I I have a this is awesome. I'm I'm working with these other guys uh, about street furniture and putting kiosks and street furniture and things in like that. And we were uh-huh. talking today about the CBRS spectrum, and one guy right. said, "Well, you know, it's only in." It's only in one percent of one percent of devices. I said that's today. I said you got to think ahead to the future and how it's going to play out. And right. uh, it, it's it's very hard when when you're trying. And you know this because you guys are visionaries. You got. I mean, really, Spider Cloud. Really, I consider one of the visionary companies for for small cells. I mean, you got the big OEMs and and the the guys that do everything, but you guys really took enterprise and indoor small cells to the max. I mean, it's really impressive. So kudos to you, Art. I give you all the credit. <laughs> Tell everyone at Spider Cloud, I give you all the credit. <laughs> so, oh, uh, no. There's there's a, there's a there's a huge team, you know, that uh, that uh, that does all the real work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But now that you guys are going outside, I mean, it would be viable that you would be, I don't know, if, would you see yourselves on poles or, or, or in street furniture? By street furniture, you know, a bus stop, a kiosk, uh, a sign, you know, things like that. How do you envision rolling this spectrum outside? I, I know it's going to be very a very small area. I mean, that's obvious because just because of the spectrum. But what? how do you envision that rolling out? Well, you know, let's say that you're, um, you know, you have a, a, a franchise service territory of some kind, um, and you're an MVNO, and you want to, uh, and you want to light, um, light you light something on your quote unquote your own spectrum that you control, so you're not paying roaming charges off the. Uh, off the macro network of the person that you're contracting for for wide area services. So for for any any MVNO that uh, that is you know in, infrastructure based, um, you could end up you know having a lot of uh, power poles and a lot of uh, you know places within a franchise service territory where you can you know haul along your Wi-Fi and CBRX. And any mobiles that you, you that you that you you have customers on, they will stay on your network as much as possible. And then when they leave the service territory, then they switch over to the uh, to the uh, to the big service provider that you're contracting for the wide area bandwidth for. So, could you see the cable companies like the Comcast, the Cox, and uh, uh, Charters? Using this spectrum because think about what they have. They have Wi-Fi out on on every strand in every public area in in their particular market. Do you see this as being a play for them as well? It, it's it's useful for uh, uh, both the the tip traditional cable companies, and it's also useful as, as a uh, uh, for the for the you know, typical operator. Because again, it's um, from an engineering perspective, to be able to not have to do co-channel engineering with the macro, um, you know, would 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 a would a like would like one of the big carriers, like one of the big four in the U.S., decide to deploy CBRS underlay infrastructure um, instead of underlay infrastructure in the same frequency as the macro to avoid the engineering issues. They just might do that. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so 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 it has it has the potential to apply to um, any anybody who's going to be providing wireless service, and you know what what we what we saw is this consortium, the the CBRS Alliance that we're members of, it went from zero to a hundred miles an hour as far as membership in a very short period of time. 
and um, you know all four, all the, the big four in the U.S., um, all the tier ones joined, and it's one of the few alliances where you had everyone join. And, and what that meant was they, all, I think they all see the see the potential of of CBRS in in solving you know directly solving problems that that they're having today, but also the 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 kind of the uh the guarantee that comes out of that membership is that potentially the handsets are gonna follow fairly fast because the all the all the big guys are have already joined up and see the potential for CBRS. So they're probably, you know, driving the handset manufacturers. And I think the handset manufacturers are probably saying, Wow, we could sell a ton of corporate uh, 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 corporate devices into these private LTE networks where it won't even be a uh, traditional business person on the device. It'll be you know, some sort of professional that's, that's using the device only during the duration of that shift at work. That, that's exactly what I see. I, I mean, that, that's what I envision anyway. I envision people having their own private networks, granted limited, but say Say a hospital is a good example. We're inside the hospital. They could have their own private network, and hospitals are huge. You know, it isn't like a, and when you're at a hospital, it's not like you're in and out of the building all day. You're there generally. Uh, I have a lot of neighbors that are doctors. Generally, you know, they're 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 lucky if they get out in under ten hours. So I could see it being really valuable in there, and just as far as using all the services inside the building or the campus inside the campus. And they wouldn't have to room. I know uh, just what they could, what what the device, the UE makers could do inside these businesses, like the, the, the even even if you think of a large campus like what Google has, or even something like what what a hospital has, like a large hospital campus, where they could actually do their own apps and everything inside the hospital or inside the building or on the campus, and you would have your device for that, whatever it is. But then when you left, you could roam onto the carrier's network and you would save all those daily charges, the charges where you're using it the heaviest, you know, the data and everything. So you could really balance it out. I, I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but um, to me that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I just can't wait until more devices have the spectrum, have the uh, the chips in them for that spectrum. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's kind of uh, you know unknown how a lot of the, a lot of those effects play out. Only because um, unlimited data plans have uh, have changed the landscape as far as uh, consumption. Uh, it, 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 so so people are are just consuming a huge amount now without regard to where they're at, whether they're even on LTE or not, because because they're on unlimited data plans. So there's been uh, there's been a change in consumption behavior where people aren't switching to Wi-Fi if they have uh, you know good LTE everywhere, and um, you know. But the, the 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 flip side of that that's the negative effect, and, and that's where maybe you know uh, customer built CBRS makes sense, is without revenue gains from additional consumption, the operator community might have less investment pool available to, uh, you know, help make customers' networks better because, uh, you know, the switch to unlimited kind of capped revenue. I didn't think about that. So if you if unlimited data plans take over, which it appears that they are, uh, then the only other argument would be for coverage, because inside a building you'd have better coverage. We'll say the carriers didn't want to invest. So would that be the the argument to have the coverage inside the campus or inside the building? Yeah, potentially, potentially. And in the other place, with even with private networks, where we're seeing uh, wireless coverage issues is in uh, places like. Uh, uh, airport ramps and um, very long reach areas where you know, there might be power available, but the cost of pulling a data cable or to get data to a particular location or or, or to, to put in a dense network of radios that are short coverage like Wi-Fi um, ends up being problematic. So they're really looking for for LTE because of the uh, long reach coverage relative to uh, you know what what their needs are, especially outdoors. Yeah, it's interesting. So. 
getting back on Spider Cloud, what? <laughs> I know we're so. I'm just so interested to see your estimate. You and, and business cases and things that we could or could not do. You know, it's to me, it's just a lot of fun. But so far, Spider Cloud's been been working in 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 this in this in this band on this technology. It seems like you guys are way ahead of you guys. Spider Cloud seems to be way ahead of other companies. I mean, from what I've seen. I'm not saying other ones aren't close, but you seem to be actually developing the practical use, and you seem to be actually working with the end users. I know it's not rolled out yet, but can you go over like some different things that you've done? I, I know you did in the beginning, but can you go over some different ideas, like maybe something that, if you can talk about it, something that we wouldn't think of uh, that you've done so far? Because, I mean, it's pretty cool what you've done. Well, something first, unusual. First, First, I would I would d disagree. The, the the ecosystem uh, there's 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 a ton of players in the ecosystem. There's you know Nokia, Ericsson, Huawei. There's uh, there's a substantial amount of well, not really Huawei too much, but there's a substantial amount of, of interest in 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 the ecosystem and a huge amount of development work going on within the CBRS alliance. So we we are one of many companies that are involved in this. And um, and you know the 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 NASCAR test that was just conducted by uh, Nokia was was pretty phenomenal where they uh, d you know took a took a race car around the track at high speed with VR goggles and um, you know were able to soak up all the uh, all the data being transmitted from the vehicle at that speed and uh, you know successfully you know send that experience off to screens and people so. So there's 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 actually a huge amount of, of work going on in in CBRS. Um, I, I think mainly because it the the possibilities that 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 everyone sees with how transformational it could be has been I, I think a real catalyst for a lot of uh, you know innovation and thinking and 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 pushing the whole market forward at a really rapid clip compared to, you know, uh, many of the other technologies that uh, I think have emerged, you know, or, uh, maybe other than LTE, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's moving at a really rapid clip. You know what? I've, I, I forgot about that video. You're right. That video was out a while ago and that video, I, you know, I, I often forget about public venues about how their uses for this spectrum, how that could really change things. It, it's it's um, just so cool. Well, uh, with with it, it, when you start get running in a shared equipment model where uh, a, 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 a CBRS controller can can connect to multiple mobile cores, um, you 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 just flip the whole world on its head because you know there's two ways to 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 bring you know multiple operators into a building. You know, there, there's, there's number one. It's, um, it's building a very expensive wideband antenna through the building, and then seeking, you know, base stations and signal sources from each operator to potentially attach to this wideband antenna. Or you can bring in small cells, and um, you know, one of the rub against small cells has been a you know, single operator, but when you come to a common piece of spectrum where multiple operators, um, where all operators have the radio in, in their mobiles, um, you know, you start saying, oh, I can provide a, I can run everything on a common frequency and a common radio in the mobiles and connect that piece of equipment to, uh, you know, multiple cores and do the same thing that we're doing today with a DAS. Wow. That's so cool. That, that's what that's what I'm really looking at. Like a single small cell for multiple carriers, that will be a game changer. I think for a lot of reasons. Right, and and in CBRS is um, neutral spectrum. It's not uh, owned or controlled by anybody. So, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the things you have to do for retransmission agreements or um, or uh, sharing in a piece of license spectrum. Are taken with the table as issues. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I guess I guess we should wrap up. Is there? I know we were all over the place, but to me it was interesting. <laughs> I learn off you, Art. You're just a brilliant guy. Every time I talk to you, I learn something. So, is there anything you want to say about? I know uh, for everyone listening, 
uh, Spider Cloud, all one word, just like it sounds, spidercloud.com. If you want to learn more in art, is there anything you want to reach out and let everybody know? Um, I would I would look into CBRS Alliance and a lot of the educational pieces and information that's available on uh, on the website. It's um, it's an invaluable resource, and um, there's a huge amount of companies that have had have, have that have already joined the alliance and are participating in uh, in in both the technology development and also a lot of the market research to uh, you know move this whole thing forward. So it's a very um, it's a very exciting time because, you know, in, in, in the pace at which the industry works, um, you know, we're moving at light speed and, you know, just having radios available in any, in, 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 in any you know, imminently and then and have enough critical mass in a few years to really have CBRS everywhere, uh, it's really moving at light speed. It is exciting compared to the way... LTE rolled out. You know, LTE was slow and it was a little frustrating for carriers because they, well, for everybody, because it was, um, from CDMA, you know, it was more or less a forklift upgrade. I know there were different ways to get there, but now it's everywhere. You know, I mean, it's almost everywhere. There's still, you know, some pockets. But uh, now you look at what we're doing. I mean, now LTE is a common format. Now with CBRS, with the new spectrum that, that anybody can use, uh, you know, as long you know within reason, but anybody can use it using these devices. I just I think it's going to open up so much innovation over the next three to five years. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, well, and it's an and it's and, and what it is is it opens a lot of application and business innovation on top of a bulletproof foundation that's already like well proven, you know, within the global service provider community. So it's uh, the 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 beauty is is that is the foundation itself will be really strong because it's already, you know, in service every day for us. All right. Well, thanks, Art. As always, I appreciate your time, and thanks for coming on. I, I, I really do appreciate it. You're such a smart guy, and, and that's why everyone <laughs> listens to this. They want to learn something. <laughs> I'm only a smart guy on Tuesdays, and it's Monday, so you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all guys say, the pressure's on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, Art. And that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking to Art. Art King, SpiderCloud, www.spidercloud.com. Feel free to reach out to him. And if you go on my blog at wadeforwireless.com, you'll see I have plenty of information and links there all about this. They have a lot, they being SpiderCloud, has a lot of information. I also have links to the Nokia test that he talked about. And everyone, be smart, be safe. Remember, I have the LTE deployment handbook out there. I have the 5G deployment handbook out there. And I'll soon have a smart city tech planning hard uh, book out there. I'm still working through it. Be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya.